This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian software. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Oliver Condit, the editor of BBC Music Magazine, and welcome to the BBC Music Podcast. You can buy a copy of the magazine at your local newsagents or download our app to your iPad, Kindle Fire or Android tablet. And for the latest music news and more, head to our website at classical-music.com. With me in the studio today is Reviews editor Rebecca Franks to chat about the January issues recording of the month, a three-CD Sony recording of three sets of piano variations, the Goldberg variations by J.S. Bach, the Diabelli variations by Beethoven, and the People United will never be defeated uh, by U.S. composer Ruzhevsky. And the pianist on this recording is the ever-imaginative Igor Levitt. So before we chat about this rather intriguing collection of variations, let's hear a track from Bach Goldberg Variations. It's Variation 29. That was Variation 29 from J.S. Bach's Goldberg Variations, performed here by Igor Levitt on a brand new recording of three piano variations by Beethoven, 
Bach, of course, and Rzhevsky, an intriguing collection of variations. I think he sees, Igor Levitt sees these variations as the three greatest piano variations, of course, missing out those by Brahms and by Ratmaninoff. So, you know, this is quite, with Rzhevsky in particular, quite a controversial choice. I suppose in many ways it is. I don't think a lot of people would argue with the idea that Bach's Goldberg variations and then Beethoven's Diabelli variations I mean, they're sort of unarguably masterpieces and Everest of the, of the, the keyboard repertoire. But the Rzhevsky is, is perhaps a much less well-known choice. Igor Levitt, he, ha- he is a, a friend of uh, the composer, has become a friend of the composer, having commissioned him to write a, a small piano piece for him. And um, they sort of developed this relationship, and now he, he really has this huge respect and, and belief in his music. And so it makes a fascinating companion, and I really think actually all three work together fascinatingly mm. as a set. I mean, let's go back to the bark, actually, because it's, it's interesting that this is even on this recording, because I think a few years ago, Igor Levitt wouldn't have recorded the bark. He thought it was purely a harpsichord piece. Of course, it's written for two keyboards, and the crossing of the hands uh, it makes for just huge challenges on a single keyboard. So it is interesting that he, he seems to have changed his mind. He got to the point, he said in the programme notes, where he couldn't not record them. Uh, and uh, I, th- I think he does them rather well. I, I, I have to say that I think w- we were discussing this earlier. You said the two most successful variations are the Beethoven and the Rzhevsky. I feel too that the, the Bach is perhaps a little too refined and perhaps a little too gentle, but it is beautifully performed though and phrased. I think, it, I mean, it, it does feel like a, a, a pianist interpretation, and I, I really did admire it. He, he's only performed it in public for the first time very recently in, in Heidelberg. And I think perhaps compared to how internalised and sort of how, I wouldn't say personal, but how it's original, but how, yeah, how internalised his interpretations of the other two pieces are, mm. I felt like this probably had slightly less of his personality than in the other two works, but at the same time, it has his intelligence and his clarity that you, you always get in his piano playing. I agree, I agree. And actually, I think one of the more successful tracks is the Variation 11, um, which really does show the, the crisscrossing of the hands and how successfully he does it. And it's one of the more, well, uh, I say one of the more gentle variations, one of the variations that many musicians play more gently, if you like, if they perform it on the piano. Um, I think it's a remarkable variation and, and, and articulated and phrased beautifully. So that was variation uh, number 11 from Bach's Goldberg Variations, played here by Igor Levitt on his brand new Sony Classics album. Uh, also on the uh, disc, on the disc collection, is the Beethoven Diabelli Variations, notoriously difficult both to play and possibly to unfathom in many ways. Um, a, a huge contrast here, I think, in his approach. I think he, Igor Levitt, I think, plays this with a huge amount of colour, much more than he does uh, the, the Bach. The, I think what he gets in, in this piece is the the huge number of different moods and characters and that variety, and that really, really does come across well here. Um, you know, and there's a lot of humour 
which he really brings out as well, and he, he brings out the rhythmic games and the melodic games and all the fun that Beethoven's having with, with his theme. Um, because I think it can seem quite a forbidding sort of work somehow. It has this reputation. But actually, there's a lot of wit and a lot of fun in it. And I think that's something that Igor Levitt brings out brilliantly. Mm, and it's slightly un- eccentric and slightly unhinged as well. It's sort of Beethoven in uh, a sort of... Uh, well, whirlwind mode, I suppose. Well, this next... Um, track that I think we should hear is is sort of Beethoven in Whirlwood mode, which is the, the, the presto, it's variation 10. Um, and again, you'll hear, well, in fact, we'll hear the whole variation because it's, it's very short. And you can hear again Igor Levitt's, um, his energy there and, and his, his sense of articulation, the lovely touch that he has. Of course, this work's not Beethoven all completely in helter-skelter uh, mood. You really do get the the tender side of Beethoven as well, and that brings out the, the, the rich expressive playing of Igor Levitt, especially in Variation 31, the Largo Molto Espressivo, a variation that really looks back to Bach and, and forward very much to Chopin. was the Largo Molto Espressivo, variation 31 from the Diabelli Variations. And I think there as well, you get a real sense of the sort of humanity and, and heart that Igor Levitt's playing has. It does have this sort of cool quality in some ways, but at the same time, it's never as cool as, say, Polini's playing or, um, you know, he's not a flamboyant player either. He sort of finds there's a sense of balance, I think, to everything that he does, which... There's a, re- well. there's a real sense that he's, 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 it sounds like a terribly cold word to say, but research this piece so well. He's he's really worked out exactly what he wants to say in each variation. And he does it so brilliantly and so sort of hits it so squarely on the head. I, I think it's I think it's just wonderfully um, exact playing, but, but injected with so much character. Yes, well, talking to him, he describes his love of the variation form. It's something that sort of appeals to his person personality, I think. This idea that you, you, you go on a journey with a musical idea and at the end it's been transfigured. So you are the same but you're also different. And I think perhaps as well the, the sort of mathematical side of these three pieces, they're very carefully constructed. Um, I wonder if that appeals to him. There's something as well that he's done three albums for Sony Classical, Beethoven, Bach, and then he's ended with this, that, that little group of three with this triumphant trio of variations. So I sort of wonder if it, he, he appreciates all those little games and of games of numbers as well. I'm, I'm sure he does, and I'm sure there is a reason why the Rzhevsky is is the is disc three. It's a real sort of something to pull out of the hat. It's something triumphant, I think. Um, 
and you talk about the sort of transformation of the theme. I mean, goodness, how much transformation is possible? Um, he, the, does, he, he does everything with it, doesn't he? Well, well, I mean, Frederick Rzewski, well, really, I mean, the, 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 um, the People United Will Never Be Defeated, I should probably explain, is a Chilean uh, popular song which was popularised, um, well, really popularised uh, after uh, President Allende was overthrown uh, in Chile. And th this was a real cry from the people um, for freedom and liberty, and, and uh, for them, it is, it is a song that resonates so much. I think even today, and uh, it was a piece that was commissioned by Rzhevsky in 1975. Um, and the theme is absolutely beautiful. And, I mean, it's and very catchy. And when once you heard it, it just stays in your head, sort of going round and round. It's a real earworm. <laughs> so let's give you that earworm now. Let's hear track one from disc three. It's the it's the uh, the theme of Rzhevsky's "The People United Will Never Be Defeated." That was the very alluring, very attractive theme. The people united will never be defeated. And Rzhevsky does the most incredible things with the theme. A lot of it in quite a romantic language, some of it in serialist language, some of it improvisation. And, and he also instructs the, the pianist to whistle and slam the lid of the piano. You know, this is this is a sort of music that seems to encompass every moment of the of 20th century music and perhaps a little bit of the 19th century. It does. And actually, a, thing, a theme I think it has in common with, with the Beethoven is this quality of encompassing all human emotions. And I think Igor Levitt as well feels that as, as well as the sort of musical games that you play when you're writing variations, um, it's this idea that it encompasses the whole world and human experience that lifts it above other variation sets. And I think that's why he's decided to include it in this programme. Mm. I think it's uh, it's probably one of the only pieces that instructs a pianist to improvise at the end of the work. And I think it would be quite fun to hear that. Um, it's quite intriguing, this improvisation, actually, because a lot of it is very still. The, the extract that we've chosen is actually when towards the end of the improvisation when Igor Levitt starts to sort of throw himself into it a, a bit more. But actually, in a way, what he does with it is sort of the opposite of what you would expect. Um, and at the same time, and you might think that a pianist who's sort of so much a mixture of, I mean, has so obviously thought a lot about everything, perhaps the cliche is that he might not be happy to improvise, but I think he is very happy to improvise and does it very successfully. And it's almost as if this whole work is improvised, isn't it, really? I mean, the variations are so different. You know, you're thrown from uh, a very spare variation to one that's absolutely frantic, to one that's very calm, to one that's just totally outlandish. You, you really don't know what you're getting next if you're hearing it for the first time. Um, they're totally unrelated. In many ways, it's, it's very much like the Diabellis. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, should we hear that extract now from the improvisation, which comes just before the return of the theme, actually, at the end of, at the, end of the piece?
So that was uh, the final uh, variation in the remarkable uh, Frederick Rzewski uh, variations, uh, which ends this three-disc set of Bach, Beethoven and Rzewski um, on Sony Classical, the January issue uh, recording of the month. And so that brings us to the end of our discussion this time. Uh, Join us next month when we'll be discussing the February issues recording of the month. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this BBC Music Magazine podcast, which was produced in our Bristol studio by Jack Fletcher. For more of our podcasts, visit our website at classical-music.com or simply head to iTunes.